0: these social determinants, if you don't address them, the situation just kind of worsens and worsens kind of like a, a medical condition until it's the point that's critical. So with supportive services like our legal services, we're able to step in and assist them in staying stable so that they can also stay stable with their health and with their mental health. Equal access
1: to justice is a core American value. In each episode of Talk Justice, an LSC podcast, we'll explore ways to expand access to justice and illustrate why it is important to the legal community, business, government, and the general public. Talk Justice is sponsored by the Leaders' Council of the Legal Services Corporation. Hello, and welcome to LSC's Talk Justice podcast. I'm Will Gunn. Vice President of Legal Affairs and General Counsel for the Legal Services Corporation, and your host for this episode. Today, we'll be talking about how legal aid services for low-income veterans can contribute to veteran suicide prevention efforts. The most recent data places the veteran suicide rate at a staggering 57% higher than the rate for non-veterans. With the help of our guests, We'll discuss the social factors that contribute to veteran suicide risk, and also look at the ways in which civil legal services can address some of the legal problems that are plaguing veterans and harming their mental health. Today's topic is one that hits particularly close to home for me. First, I'm an Air Force veteran, having served 25 years on active duty. Later. I served as General Counsel for the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. And now, at LSC, I focus on civil legal aid for low-income Americans. However, my interest goes beyond my military service and other positions I've held. You see, more than a decade ago, one of my longtime mentees, an Air Force veteran, died by suicide while dealing with depression unemployment, and a pending mortgage foreclosure action. For all those reasons, I hope you'll agree with me that this is a very important topic to explore, and I'm looking forward to hearing from our two guests. Our first guest today is Dr. Eric Elbosian, Director of the Department of Veterans Affairs National Veterans Financial Resource Center. Eric is also a Professor of Psychiatry at Duke University. His research has often focused on veterans' mental health and suicide risk as it relates to financial problems, housing insecurity, and other social factors. We're also fortunate to be joined today by Jeff Staton. Jeff is Managing Attorney at the Legal Aid Society of Louisville in Kentucky. In his role, Jeff oversees the Legal Aid Society's veterans programs for their service area, which spans 15 counties. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Eric, I'd like to start with you. In preparing for our conversation, I kept hearing the term social determinants of health. What does that term mean, and could you describe how social determinants relate to veteran suicide
2: risk? Yes, I want to start off to say, before defining social determinants, that eliminating veteran suicide is a top VA priority. And we at the VA are working with federal, tribal, state, local governments to advance a public health approach, which includes looking at social determinants to suicide prevention. And before we do that, suicide is strongly predicted by mental health problems. That is a very consistent finding. And if anyone listening knows someone who's experiencing mental health issues, hopelessness, depression, please know that there is a Veterans Crisis Line. You dial 988, press one, or go to the website at veteranscrisisline.net. So suicide is a mental health problem, Will, but it's also a social problem. There's other components to it that are the social determinants like homelessness, unemployment financial strain, and social determinants. Now this has been shown in the general population for a long time. So big studies showed that adults with unsecured debt are five times more likely to attempt suicide. Other researchers looked at this national data set. They looked at over 2,500 variables to predict what are the strongest predictors of suicide attempts in the next three years. they listed the top 20, Four of the top 20 were social determinants, employment, income, and financial debt, which ranked number seven out of over 2,500. It's a problem in military and veteran populations. One study showed that nearly one quarter of active-duty soldiers within 24 hours of their suicide attempts had reported financial issues. Study we did of post 9-11 veterans show that the veterans who were experiencing money management problems and had lower income, they were four times more likely to have suicidal ideation. An extensive VA records analysis showed similar trends. 2023 findings show that this relates to transitioning service members. So in the first year or so after transitioning, And just last year, too, we showed that food insecurity was strongly predictive of suicidal ideation in a nationally representative study of post-9-11 veterans. But there were protective factors like stable housing and employment. Those were related to reduced suicidal ideation. Wow, thank you. So there's a lot of data out there. There is, and it supports that. Suicide, that's really important to address both mental health issues and also potentially to address upstream some of these social issues. I see. Jeff, how well do the factors that Eric just mentioned
1: track with the problems that veterans bring to you and your colleagues at Legal Aid Society?
0: I think it tracks very closely with what we see. I would say in doing um, research to apply for the Sergeant Fox Suicide Prevention Grant, we saw statistics from the National Center for Medical Legal Partnerships that 60% of a person's health is determined by those social factors that um, Eric mentioned, income, health insurance, housing, utilities, education, employment. When veterans come to us, we see that it's not just one single exacerbating problem. It's usually a lot of problems that need to be untangled. And so we need to sit down with them where they are and triage those issues to see what we can help them with and where we can get them help for other things that we might not be able to do that aren't legal services. One of the great things about the Sergeant Fox Suicide Prevention Grant, which we kind of refer to as the Fox Grant, it has some components to it that include providing some of those services and some of those connections to veterans beyond just legal services, help with things like utilities, emergency housing assistance, and things of that nature. The statistics are kind of bleak. And and I, one of the things I want to talk about is a story. Um, a client will, the name has changed, but it, we'll call him Vince. He's indicative of the clients that come to us. Vince was uh, discharged from the army in the 1980s. He had been working for a long time, but had been having a sharp decline in his health to a point where his he had a heart condition and had to be hospitalized. That happened so quickly, he wasn't able to tell his employer and he wasn't able to contact his employer to let them know. Once Vince was better and he went back to his employer, they had terminated him because he wasn't available or had told them. So that obviously exacerbated some of the issues Vince had been experiencing with his mental health and was causing a crisis for him. So when he came to us, you know, we talked to him about filing for unemployment and going through that process, and we assisted him. But besides that, in the meantime, he needed an income, so we were able to do the Fox Grant to help cover utilities for him for a period of time and hook him up with other. Veterans Administration services like the HUD-VASH program so that he could stay housed during this period of income insecurity. We were able to help him look at things like applying for Social Security Disability Insurance and other benefits that he could get as well as going through the unemployment process. So we were able to triage all these issues for Vince and help him to stay housed and to prevent him from sliding further down into homelessness and exacerbating his mental health. And I think that's very important. These indicators, these social determinants, if you don't address them or the person doesn't have a way and doesn't know how to address them and has no help, the situation just kind of worsens and worsens kind of like a, a medical condition until it's the point that's critical. So with supportive services like our legal services, we're able to step in, provide our expertise and information to the client and assist them in staying stable so that they can also stay stable with their health and with their mental health. Jeff, in terms of the FOX grant, and that's uh, VA's Staff
1: Sergeant Parker Gordon Fox Suicide Prevention Grant Program. uh, It's my understanding that you all first received that in 2022, Is, is that
0: right? Yeah, that's correct. Coming out of the pandemic, we had a veterans program and we had started in 2021 with a medical-legal partnership. And basically what we did is we worked with the Rex Robley VA Hospital in Louisville, Kentucky, and we provided an attorney and office hours within their facilities so that we could meet clients where they were, where they were coming to the VA, where VA employees would know where we were and they could Send uh, veterans to us to help with their legal issues. So we were already doing that when the Fox Grant came around. We we applied for that, and the thing about the Fox Grant, it was going to help us continue that work and actually um, extend that work out to more veterans. So we were excited about that. Now the Fox Grant, it's a national program, and the Fox Grant, I think we are one of the few direct recipients of the Fox Grant. They are kind of experimenting with a lot of different public health services Um, that could include art therapy. I think there's a program where veterans work with horses, training them, working with them, things like that. So all sorts of different programs besides legal services could be under Fox. And these are, again, to help veterans improve their mental health. And Fox is meant to see kind of what works. You know, What can we do out in the community and what services are going to help veterans so we can get suicide numbers down. The Kentucky statistics, we outpace the region in veteran suicides. Um, It's 33 veteran suicides per 100,000 people compared to 31 for the Southern region and about 32 for the nation. So it's a little bit higher. So I think it was a good program for us to do in Kentucky and for our service area. It was also able to expand like I said, the services we could offer to more veterans and our outreach into some of the more rural counties besides just serving the VA center in Louisville. So we were able to meet up with other community partners. We were able to start going to the Jefferson County Veteran Drug Court where we could also access clients. Um, We're in the process of starting that same program in Hardin County, which is uh, one of the more rural counties in our service area. But the thing about Fox that was so great is these other components that Fox had that most of the time when we do legal services, we're just doing the legal services. So if a client has an eviction issue, we can't pay their rent for them for that short emergency time and keep them housed. We can go to court with them, but there's not a monetary solution. Fox actually offers that. They had emergency housing assistance in their grant, transportation assistance, childcare assistance, and some other assistance that could actually, we could use along with the legal services to keep the client and the veterans stable where they were, which I think was very important and kind of a unique opportunity for us. So I think that's worked really well. I think the other thing that's worked really well is these connections that we've made in the community with other providers to help veterans, not just veteran administration folks, but lots of other programs throughout our service area. For instance, there's a veteran tiny house village which services veterans in Shelby County. We're able to meet up with them and we can get referrals for legal services for their folks. And there are other programs like that.
1: Well, it sounds like the program is a real force multiplier and enables you to do things that you wouldn't be able to do otherwise due to funding constraints. Yeah, that's correct. Eric, LSC's 2021 Justice Gap Report found that consumer issues having to do with things like debt as well as income maintenance are two of the biggest issues that veterans report facing. What sorts of resources does the National Veterans Financial Resource Center provide or recommend for veterans with these and other financial issues?
2: Well, the National Veterans Financial Resource Center, and it's FINVET for short, it was funded just last year by the VA Office of Mental Health and Suicide Prevention. And our mission is to empower veterans to take charge of their financial well-being. and. Our vision that we've come up with is that we want every single veteran in the United States to earn more money, save more money, and protect their money by taking advantage of financial tools and resources. So that's actually what FinVet is going to do. We're going to connect veterans and their families to financial tools, financial education, financial resources for five different areas of financial well-being. And those overlap with the ones that you just talked about and uh, also what Jeff talked about. Number one, meeting basic needs, home, food, auto, clothes, utilities. Two, managing money, budgeting, savings and discount, financial planning. Three, increasing income, work, benefits, investing. Four, lowering debt and bills, debt management, medical debt legal assistance. Five, the last one, protected money, making sure the veterans are not preyed and avoid scams and secure banks. And so I think there's going to be a list that we provided of resources that are available to veterans that we're going to have on our soon-to-be-launched FinVet website that will be on the va.gov website soon enough. But in the meantime, here's a few programs that would be really important for veterans to know about. In the last year, the Veterans Benefits Banking Program has actually started a new program to allow veterans to get an access free credit counseling session or financial counseling session. And those are by accredited financial counselors. And that's a new program and that's available and If someone, a veteran is experiencing debt, they can call that number or go to the website and sign up for that resource. There's others that are available though too. HUD, Housing and Urban Development, actually has a number of housing counselors and housing counseling agencies, but they provide free financial counseling and budgeting as well. A number of veteran service organizations not only provide free assistance, to veterans with veterans benefits, but some of them also have accredited financial counselors. So that's really important to know. If you don't know this yet, there is a list of hundreds of discounts for veterans posted at the VA. There's a number of government programs, low income home energy assistance and affordable connectivity programs. So you could lower your bills and have low cost Wi-Fi for earning money, not only the VA programs like compensated work therapy or veteran readiness and employment, but the Department of Labor has over 2000 American job centers and they each have veteran representatives at them. You type in your zip code and they'll show you they're all around 25 mile square radius where you live. They prioritize veterans for job training, job search assistance, resume writing. Lastly, meeting basic needs VA homeless programs, there's a homeless program 1877-424-3838 if you have urgent need to access homeless services and then dialing 211 is the united way it's you could get emergency assistance, housing, food, clothes, car, utilities expenses. Those are just some resources that we're going to be able to provide in a very user-friendly, veteran-centered format on our FinVet website.
1: Well, Eric, it sounds fascinating to me that you're in a unique position as a researcher, that you're able to research the problem, but also as being head of FinVet, you're able to provide very practical solutions for people that that you may be researching or that you are
2: trying to address through your research? Well, Will, actually in 2007, I started running money management groups for veterans at the VA. So it's actually veterans who've inspired me and working with them for over a decade on money management and that and the research and beginning to have an opportunity to try to get this information like what we just listed, out to veterans and every time i hear a veteran's like oh i didn't know that that's really so helpful that's really one way in which we hope that this national veterans financial resource center will help uh, veterans and their families outstanding now you mentioned
1: something that really resonated with me and you you threw out a phone number here in the DC area you know i take the metro from time to time and i I used to take it every day, and as I would go Mm -hmm. in, I'd confront veterans from time to time holding up signs and such. I'm a homeless veteran, and please, please help. And, of course, one way to help, perhaps, is to give a a contribution. That's often what's what's desired in that immediate moment. But I've also seen situations and been in situations where I've been able to provide information about how to access services that can—I suppose you could use the— the story about you teach a man to fish and you fish, he eats for a day, you teach him how to fish and he can eat eat for a lifetime. So with that in mind, can you throw out that number again and tell us what we can do or what we can expect if if we or a veteran were to call that number?
2: Yeah, it is 1-877-424-3838. And this is for services for veterans who are homeless, but it's also for veterans who might be at risk of homelessness Jeff, you mentioned HUD-VASH. Those are some of the programs. There are a lot of different homeless programs. There's a whole array of them that veterans can access by calling that number. Thanks, really appreciate that.
1: Now, Jeff, I want you to talk about uh, some of the challenges that you encounter in providing legal service to the veteran community and some of the solutions that you see.
0: Um, I think piggybacking a little bit off what Eric said, you know, there's some really great services that the Veterans Administration has put out there and organizations where people can go and get some of these needs that they have met. I think one of the issues that we've seen, particularly in the, the Fox Suicide Prevention Grant, is veterans tend to have a lot of trust issues sometimes they don't have the best relationship with government agencies or necessarily feel like they're gonna get what they need. Veterans also that come to us with suicidal ideation maybe or some mental health issues going on, they also feel like they shouldn't be asking for help, that they should be able to be able to deal with these problems that they have on their own. And it would be admitting Weakness or defeat, if they were to say, "I need this help," or "Where is this help at?" or "You know, help me access this help." So, they tend to want to remain very self-sufficient. And sometimes, when we're just meeting the clients, and you know, some of times they're in a mental health crisis, along with what the legal issues they have are. So, you have to be very sensitive um, in talking to them about that. I think one way we've tried to address that is we actually have a very good staff. We have a a veteran's attorney who was himself a longtime veteran in the army. He was in the military police corps and the judge advocate general's office. He also worked as a headmaster at Forest Hills Military Academy in Kentucky. He helped found that. And he was president of the Lyman Ward Military Academy in Alabama. So a lot of experience and expertise with veterans and and what veterans issues are. Um, Our paralegal also had a lot of experience in a different vein. Our paralegal is also um, went to law school now, but um, he was a paramedic um, in New York City for some years, including during 9-11. So he has a lot of good experience and expertise in dealing with people that are in crisis. And I think that's important to have when you have someone that's coming to you and they have suicidal ideation and they're talking about how they're gonna kill themselves and how do you deal with them in that moment? And then also stay with them and help them through some of these problems that need to be triaged.
1: You know, one thing that strikes some people as, as strange is that when you look at VA regulations and such, there are people that have served in the military, but due to their character of discharge, they're not eligible for VA services. And so that can play a major role. Is there anything that you all do in those situations for those veterans that may have left the military under other than honorable conditions?
0: Yes, we do take cases with veterans for discharge upgrades to try to help them so that they can get the benefits that they need um, and then we also help them obtain veteran benefits that we think they're entitled to that's a big part of the process that we do and what we look at and another thing about you know having a experienced veteran who's also an attorney and well aware of how those systems work and how to navigate them i think a lot of times For people, anybody, not just veterans in this situation, it's always nice to meet somebody that can say, hey, here's what you should do, here's where you should go, I'm gonna help you. And sometimes that can just make all the difference in that person's life. And we have clients that have told us that's what we've done for them. Outstanding.
1: Finally, if you both could highlight at least one piece of advice or information that you would like to share either with veterans who might be listening or with people who provide veteran services. If you could do that, what
2: advice would you like to share? Eric, how about you? Well, one, there's this light bulb that went off of veterans were telling me about this. And actually our research ended up showing this too. What they told me is that when they were in the military, they actually had a lot of these social protective factors. They had housing stability, they had employment, they had social support, they had money to cover basic needs that were present when they were service members in active duty, but not necessarily present after they left the military. So one veteran said, "It's like the carpet was swept out from under me. I suddenly had to pay my first light bill, you know, do a budget for the first time. I had to create a resume and and try to find a job. I had to find my own social support network and have enough money to cover basic needs. So what the light bulb for me was is that and if if you know for people who are veterans or people providing veteran services, helping veterans get those social protective factors, like improving financial well being, can actually be seen as a critical part of community success. veterans after they leave the military. So job retraining, vocational rehabilitation, income support, housing assistance, financial education, debt management could actually supplement mental health treatment as an upstream approaches for preventing suicide in veterans. And one thing is focusing with the financial part, focusing on one dimension might not be enough. So income support might help, but if veterans are getting scammed out of their money, This is one of the things that FinVet is going to be trying to do, is to help veterans learn the skills to protect themselves from cybercrime, identity theft, and veteran-specific scams. Then they could still risk, even if they have income support, they might still risk eviction or debt. So the FinVet, National Veterans Financial Resource Center, we're really hoping that linking veterans to financial tools, resources, and definitely will be linking to LSC. And having providing education about these different areas of financial well-being will hopefully be an upstream approach to prevent and reduce risk of suicide in veterans. Great. One comment that comes to mind from
1: my perspective is that I've had a lot of people that have approached me who've expressed interest in providing housing for veterans who are homeless, who are at risk of homelessness. But what I hear you saying is that beyond, say, being housed, there may be opportunities for policymakers or for nonprofits or for government to come in and meet those other areas of need that that are out there besides, again, having a roof over the veterans' head.
2: Yeah, and I think there are, and this is one of the things uh, our website is going to actually link to 18 different government organizations where there's already interactive financial literacy trainings and games that the FDIC's created and the Department of Labor and their America Job Centers and the HUD housing counselors, they're called housing counselors, but they also provide other support for budgeting and financial counseling. So that's exactly right. Outstanding. Jeff, how about you? Is there a a piece of advice
1: or information that you'd want uh, to share with veterans or for others who are in the business of
0: uh, providing services to vets? I think I would say it's more something we learned as an organization. And that's with veterans, you can't fake it. You have to really beat them where they are physically and mentally on their own terms and start there. And you really have to recognize their humanity. And the comment I would make is, you know, veterans have given a lot to serve and protect our country. And it's a disservice to them not to be able to provide access to justice or the justice system when they need it. And denying them that access to justice kind of flies in the face of everything they have done um, to fight for our country and what our country is supposed to stand for.
1: I really appreciate that. One of the things that I hear or that comes to mind when you say that in meeting veterans where they are comes with respect to women veterans. There's been research out there showing that asking a woman who has served whether or not she is a veteran is not the most effective way to find out whether or not she served in the military, just because of maybe not clear understandings among everyone in terms of what that term veteran actually means. So asking, Have you you served in the military is a better way of, of finding that out and getting to where that person actually is. So I appreciate it. So I want to thank both of you, Jeff, Eric. This has been a great conversation. And I want to really thank you, not just personally or for LSC, but also for what you're providing to the veterans community. For our listeners, if you would like more information on veterans' civil legal needs, you can find it at LSC's Veterans Task Force Report on our website at lsc.gov. Thanks again to our guests, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of Talk Justice. podcast guest speakers views thoughts and opinions are solely their own and do not necessarily represent the legal services corporation's views thoughts or opinions the information and guidance discussed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as legal advice you should not make decisions based on this podcast content without seeking legal or other professional advice